Let's give all of them a wonderful hand. Didn't they do an amazing job? So thankful for our kids, all the hard work from the adults have been practicing very hard and so thankful that you were blessed through that. So I'm happy to be here today. I hope that you are. And if you're brand new here, thank you for coming to Freedom Church today and celebrating this Christmas time with each of us. Uh, we've been doing a series of messages and we kicked it off talking about lights. And when you think about light, we need to be a light and give a glimmer of hope in the midst of darkness. How many of you would agree with me? A lot of times the world can be dark. Raise your hand. Yes, it can be. But that's why Jesus came so he could be the light of the world and he could put his light in you and I. So that's what we've been talking about, how that you and I can be that light. And it says in Matthew's gospel, verse 16 in the New Testament, this is our foundational verse. It says in the same way, Jesus said, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And that's where it comes in at that whenever you and I come to the faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ and we get lit in him, then you and I are to be that person's going to go out and we have a global impact. We have a global influence. And what that means is Christians all over the world, we go into our communities, we go into into our workplaces, we go into our neighborhoods, we go into our schools and we be a light and we do those great things so that God the Father will be glorified. So today as I want to talk about the gift of light, before we ever jump in, how many of you here, and go ahead and confess before everybody, this is the hand of shame, how many of you still have to buy Christmas gifts? Raise your hand. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, just like me, I've done it a lot. And the thing about it is that's what's cool about convenience stores. But the problem is, most of the time, they know when you give them the gift, it came from a convenience store. So anyway, maybe something's open that you can go out there and get a cool gift or, or whatever, and thank God for gift cards. That way, they really just don't know that you forgot them, right? So, but anyway, how many of you find it hard to buy gifts for people? You know, some people are hard to buy for. That's where the gift cards comes in. Let them buy it themselves, right? <laughs> but um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a moment and I want you to ask the person next to you what they want for Christmas. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Man, some of you have got some long drawn out explanations. And you know what just happened too? The gift you got for your loved one next year, you're thinking, shoot, that ain't what I got them, right? So you're thinking, now I've got to run to the convenience store. <laughs> and it probably won't have what you're looking for. But here's the truth. What we want isn't always what we need. Think about that. What we want isn't always what we need, and we can think about getting the best gift ever, but that's what I'm talking about, the gift of light. So if you'll travel with me for a few moments in time, let's take a look at what that true gift of light is. John's Gospel in the New Testament, chapter 1, verse 4 says, the Word gave life, the Word being Jesus Himself, to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. Say everyone. Jesus came to light up the path of life for every single human being. We live in a dark world where the true light has come to help us, to be there for us, to light up our way, that you and I don't live a blind life, stumbling through life, not realizing the things that we need to do. We don't realize the impact that Jesus has really had on humanity because there's this wrestling between the flesh and God's Spirit. 
And God's Spirit wants to be in our life to help us through our lives. So what I want to share with you today is just a few things thinking about God's gift of light. God's gift of light. And I think the first thing we need to understand is to understand the value. Now, I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever got a gift and it didn't have much value? Raise your hand. You took it back the next day, right? You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes you open those gifts and they go, <laughs> you, it's hard, you can hardly muster up a look that tells that you're happy about the gift, right? I've been there, done that. You have too. I remember Christmas 1988 very vividly. And I went to, you know, I had been dating my wife now, Shanda. We've been married for, will be 35 years this next year. But here's the deal. We were dating and we have been dating for a long time, three months. And I gave her an engagement ring. And when she was kind of like when she opened it up and I had this big puppy dog and all this stuff and I had it all planned out, I'd already asked her dad and all that kind of stuff and it was cool. And, and it was kind of like when she got the ring, <laughs> you know, it's one of them looks like that. And it was a little bit too soon for her because she didn't value the gift at that moment. But then later on, after we kept dating, she realized that she would like to spend the rest of her life with me and I was hoping that was going to happen and I took her to Major Wallabies the next February, which was just, what, five months, and um, got down on one knee, gave her a ring, and she accepted, and we've been married all this time, and we got three wonderful daughters out of the deal, three great son-in-laws, and 10 grandkids and counting. Y'all pray for them. They don't have any other extracurricular activities, you know, so. <laughs> but anyway, we understand there's power in a gift. And we understand that there's power through that gift that reminds us that you and I are worth something. That's what Jesus did by giving his life. And, and that it was so valuable because we live in a world, I, I know for myself and you do too, we live in a world that tells us we're not worth anything at times. Live in a world that's hard on us. A gift doesn't trample us down. What a gift does, when that gift comes into our lives, it lifts us up. And how many of you remember how it made you feel when someone gave you a gift and said you were worth something? And it put a big smile on your face. And it said something to you that I am worth something. That's what Jesus did. Look at Matthew's gospel, chapter 1, verse, starting with verse 21. It says, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. When you think about sin, that's anything that we do wrong. It means we miss the mark. And that's what Jesus come, because we, can't, we just can't save ourselves. And it goes on to say, all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. What a declaration, and how important it is that Jesus, both God and human, the, un, the unlimited God took on the limitations of humanity to be born, live, and die for the salvation for everyone who would believe in him. Jesus' name means the Lord saves, that Jesus came to earth because we can't save ourselves. It is not possible from sin and its consequences, no matter how good you are. How many of you know somebody that thinks they're really good? Don't raise your hand. You might be sitting beside them, okay? 
But some people think that they're really good. And once again, no matter how good you are, nobody, no human being can eliminate the sinful nature in all of us. Only Jesus can do that for you and I. It didn't, didn't it come, he didn't, he came for you and I to understand that he can be the saving grace in our lives to help us to be able to save ourselves because we cannot save ourselves. He wants to be our savior and he wants to help us to be able to eliminate the power and the penalty that sin comes against us in our lives. I love the verse and what it says, Emmanuel, that meaning God is with us. That should be mind-boggling to every single one of us that through the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ can be with you and I every single day that are believers. That's so valuable. Look at the person next to you and say, that's valuable. Wow. So once you understand the value of Jesus Christ in your life, then you have the opportunity to share the benefits. You say, well, what do you mean by that? It's like this. Jesus is the greatest benefit that you could ever have. Everybody wants great benefits in a career. Jesus gives you a great benefit for eternity. Whenever you come to him and make him the Lord of your life, he's the greatest gift ever. And he lights our lives up. I love what it says. And Jesus said this in Matthew 7 in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? How many of you here plan on giving your kids a bad gift tomorrow? Well, some people do. Check this out. What you, you, is this? What is it? An old banana. An old banana? Isn't that exciting? What are you doing? Pushing it. Oh, okay. Wow. A battery and an onion. What's wrong? I don't want an onion. Did you smell your onion? Here, smell it. tell me all the time about my cooking. I love it. You love my cooking, so I made you something. Christmas?
What did you say about Santa? He put you on a naughty list. Why? Because you gave me a stupid hell get it, Just like you're really not going to give your kids bad gifts, our Heavenly Father, He wants to give all of us good gifts, but to, here's the thing, you just simply need to ask Him. So, what are the good gifts that God the Father wants to give us when we make His Son, Jesus Christ, number one in our life, and we fully surrender to what He wants? What is He going to give us? First and foremost, He's going to take care of the sin debt. He already has. He did that through the cross and said, I love you this much. So we're able to get the gift of forgiveness. We're able to get the gift of not having guilt any longer. We're able to have peace. We're able to have an eternal home in heaven. That's amazing. And when you think about it, his love can help you to love those that you don't even like that you're going to spend time with tomorrow. You know who them people are. Everybody shake your head. Look at me, right? He's going to do so much for you in your life. He's going to be able to to help you to have the power to make right choices and right decisions through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the fruits of the spirits of love, joy, peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and self-control. Those are the things that he will give you. He's going to give you strength. He's going to give you purpose. He's going to give you meaning. He's going to give you significance. He's going to give you directions in life that otherwise the world will come at you and take you in a direction that you don't need to go through the leadership of a man and a being called Satan. There's no more faking it in your life. You have the power to be able to break addictions. You have no more loneliness. You can relinquish the regrets that come in your life. You can have those feelings of abandonment disappear in your life. There's no more condemning yourself for the mistakes you've made in your life. Look what it says in John's gospel chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world, so that all, say all, All. who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. What is the result of being in control of your own life? Worry, guilt, bitterness, resentment, anxiety, fear, fatigue, that kind of stuff that just dominates your life and you just don't know what to do and next thing you know you're living depressed. You're living in despair. Every day that you and I wake up, we're faced with a decision. Am I going to lead my life today or am I going to let God lead my life today? Is God going to be in charge or am I going to be in charge? You think you know better, and there's this philosophy that you don't want to trust anyone for anything. And then if you're not careful, you ignore the the conviction of the Spirit of God coming in and God wanting to lovingly give you everything that He created you for. And you ignore the verses in the Bible that are so true, and you make up your own rules, and you play your own game. And then you think you know better about everything. And the more you take control of your life, the more miserable that you live, and the more out of control that life comes. And that's the sad part of it. When you try to lead your own life, it just does not work. So God's gift of light of Jesus is that we've got to understand the value. And then when we understand the value and we understand the value that we're worth something, then we're able to share in those wonderful benefits. But the bottom line to it is you got to receive the gift. You don't ignore the gift. How many of you are like me? 
whenever you get a gift tomorrow, how many of you are going to salvage the paper? You're not going to do it. Don't sit here and act like it. And unless you're post-depression people that was in the older crowd here, what's wrong with you, pastor? You keep the bow, you keep the paper, you can use it next year. Nothing wrong with that. But myself, I'm ripping it to shreds. And I'm going through it, and I'm going to find out as quick as possible what's inside of that for me. Then I get to look and see if I'm really worth something, right? You know, in that moment. But this is like a gift. There's not going to be any gifts left under the trees tomorrow. Because the gifts are going to be handed out. And they're going to be opened. And we're going to see what the value is. We're going to see what the benefit is. You receive the gift. Maybe some of you today, you've unwrapped a potential problem in your life, in your life recently. Maybe you've chose to ignore it. Maybe you unwrapped a bad health problem. Maybe you unwrapped the fact that things aren't going good with your family. And maybe as of right now, God forbid, some people aren't going to show up tomorrow. Maybe you've unwrapped some kind of financial situation that's brought hardship on your life. But most of all, maybe for whatever reason, you've chose to go your own direction and you've unwrapped the fact that you're going to ignore Jesus. You ignore his love. You ignore his healing. You ignore the fact that he can help you in your life for anything that you've unwrapped in your life and that you don't really know how to deal with the pain of failure. You don't really know what happens whenever guilt sets in, how that you try to get rid of it. It affects your attitude and the way you relate to people. Sometimes the hurts in life, they keep on hurting and the pain keeps coming and it's hard to even come to church and say to God, if you're a loving God, why did he allow my diagnosis of cancer? If he's a loving God, why did he allow me to get raped on the date? If he's a loving God, then why do we see murder take place? Why did I lose my spouse? Why did I lose my career? Why did I lose my home? It's all about perspective. Why is it so hard for people to receive the gift of Jesus in their life? The answer is in this one verse, in the second letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, which is applicable to us today. Look what it says in chapter 4 and verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. See, the good news is revealed to everyone except to those who choose not to believe. They refuse to believe. And in this world, everywhere in this United States of America, there's such a prosperous nation. Prosperity is blinding the mind and the hearts of people who choose not to believe. See, when it comes to Christmas, if we're not careful, we get caught up in the commercialization of Jesus, not the personal, personalizing Jesus. And that's where you miss the gift in your life. There's so much allure of money and power and prestige and pleasures, yet there's a presence of pain and suffering in our lives abroad. And those who reject Jesus prefer their own pursuits and have unknowingly, listen to me, they have unknowingly made Satan the God of their life. How many of you love Christmas movies? Raise your hand. 
One of my favorite movies I love watching with my grandchildren is Polar Express. And there's a line in the movie toward the end of the movie that the conductor says something like this, very meaningful to the boy. It says, the most real things in the world are the things we can't see. You think about the little boy there. He believed and his attitude changed and he couldn't hear things. And next thing you know, he could hear the sound of the bell. Our faith is the same way. Being a Christian means believing in Jesus. Doesn't mean you're going to see him with your physical eyes. But because we feel his presence in our hearts. And we see evidence of him working in our lives. And once we encounter Jesus and we're born again, our attitudes change. Our faith is renewed. See, when we doubt the true existence of Jesus, <coughs> and we doubt his involvement in our lives, we'll have a hard time seeing. We'll have a hard time believing. <coughs> we'll have a hard time hearing him at all. So when it comes to that relationship with God, so many people are about this far away. You say, what do you mean? So many people have this head knowledge of Jesus, but they don't have a heartfelt salvation relationship. So when you believe, your next step is that you receive. And then once you receive the gift of Jesus in your life, then you become everything that he created you to become in your life. The very purpose and plan that he has for your life. He knit together in your mother's womb before you were ever born. He ordered the steps of your life. And then it all comes full circle. <coughs> Friday, uh, my wife and I, we were, went riding and we took a wreath to put on my parents' grave. They left this world and, and it was a tough day, I'll admit. Each Christmas, it seems like as I get older, I miss them that much more. Because my mind went back to when my dad would go out and cut a cedar tree. And he would cut a cedar tree and he'd put it in our house. We'd decorate it. And the aroma of the cedar tree would light up the, the whole house and the smell of that. And those special moments are something that I'm so thankful for. Another great gift that God will always give us is a gift of memories. The devil or nobody can steal the wonderful memories that you have that you get to tuck away in your heart. And I was thinking about how that my dad and my mom and my brother, and we would decorate the tree. And then I began to think, wow, what about God the Father? He grew a tree out of the ground that it would be decorated by his son to give his life for you and for me. And he stretches his arms out on the cross. And thank God in heaven, he decorated the cross tree. Colossians 1, 19 and 20 says this. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by the means of Christ's blood on the cross. You see, because of the cross... There's always hope. I want you to think about that. 
Jesus isn't on the cross. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of God the Father, and he's making intercession for you and I, and he's listening for the moment that if you have not crossed the line of faith and you have not believed and received and you started becoming, this is your moment. Maybe today you're at the end of your rope. Maybe you're here and you've got this sparkle of a little bit of faith that maybe you want 24 to be better than what year 23 here was. And you're thinking, maybe I can look and see what God can do in my life. How I can be the man that he created me to be. Or the father. Or the husband. Maybe I can be the woman that God created me to be. Or the wife or or the mother. Maybe you find yourself where Jesus was on the cross. And you say, well, what do you mean? Maybe you feel like your marriage is crucified. Maybe you feel like your career is crucified. Maybe you feel like there's no repair for your family relationships because they're crucified. Maybe you have gone so far that the dreams that you used to dream are crucified and you feel like even my future is crucified. Well, let me tell you, my friend, it's not. Jesus didn't stay on the cross. Jesus was born, came down the stairway of heaven. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He put on skin. He was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, yet he never sinned. He went to the cross and became sin for you and I so that we can not only have a wonderful life now, but eternity with him forever in heaven in the future. It doesn't get any better than that. So today, when you think about Jesus, Jesus isn't on the cross. He's not there still crucified. The very power that brought him out of a borrowed tomb on the third day is the same power that you and I get from God the Father to be able to live this life. That you and I don't have to just be in this life. We can be, go from success in this life to be significant in this life through the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I love the fact of what Jesus said in John 14, verse 27. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. That's something that money can't buy. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. So today, maybe it's time that you exchange gifts with Jesus. You give him your heart. He's going to give you salvation. He's going to give you peace, joy, love, forgiveness, purpose, significance. A great life now and a great life for eternity. Stand with me as we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you in prayer, God, on behalf of every soul that's under the sound of my voice, whether they're watching online or they're in this auditorium, Father. I pray, God, right now and rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. He has no right to be here. We rebuke him out of this house and away from everyone that feels the touch of the Holy Spirit that hasn't given their heart to you. 
So I pray God right now, Lord, that everyone will take this moment so serious because this is a special moment in eternity because we're going to last for eternity. And the decision that's made today here determines destiny. So as we continue praying right now, I want to talk to those of you that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus really isn't in your heart. Maybe he's been in your head. Maybe you've been doing the religious thing, and that's what it is, do. But a relationship with Jesus is done because that's what he did for you and I. So if you know you need to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, that's why you're here, friend. So in this moment right now, I want to ask you to pray. Those of you that need to receive Jesus as the Lord of your life, maybe you've resented the problems in your life, pain that's happened in your life and regrets and with no explanation or you've been complaining about things you don't understand. Maybe right now God says, I want to come into your heart through Jesus, my son. So if that's you, I want to ask you to pray right now and tell him, say, Lord Jesus, I invite you into my heart today. I want to ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe in you, that it's you knocking on my heart. I open my life to you. I want to receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Please forgive me of my sins. My life is yours. Save me. I want to become everything you created me to be. Now, as we've been praying and you prayed that prayer and you mean that from the depths of your heart for the first time, shoot your hand up real high and right now and say, I've prayed that prayer today, Pastor. I've received Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Just shoot your hand up. Be proud of that decision. You just had your name put in the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. You're causing a party in heaven. Rejoice in that. But there's another group of people here. You've come in here today. You're, you're Christians. But you've left your first love. And you know it. You've been chasing the world or chasing the career or chasing the dollar or chasing whatever, but you haven't been committed to Jesus and you know it. And today the Lord has convicted you of that. And you know you need to recommit your life to him and you need to kick off 2024 making Jesus the Lord of your life and everything. He's the center of all. If that's you today, would you just pray to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm coming back home. I want to be blessed of you. I want to be in the center of your will. I want you to be the Lord of my life. Not pleasures and prestige and power and possessions and all of that. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to make you number one once again. Forgive me, God. I'm coming home. If you've prayed that and you meant that and you want to recommit your life to Jesus, just lift your hand real high and say, yes, I've done that today. Just lift your hand real high and say, I've recommitted my life to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up. Father, thank you, God, today for that special gift of forgiveness, that special gift of Jesus. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. Because today, Lord, so many times it's been said that you're the reason for the season. But in your heart, Jesus, all of humanity, humanity is the reason for the season. That's why you came. While you were on the cross, we were on your mind. And we thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for being the gift of light. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, amen.
Let's worship together, church.